His Morning Crew with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Baptist on Mission serves in many ways, including during disasters. They mobilize volunteers for construction projects, serving meals, and any way that they can help. Richard Brunson is the director of North American Baptists on Mission. He's in Cary, North Carolina this morning. From your command center, kind of tell us what's going on there. What happens in this hub? Well, thank you for, for having us here. We're, this is a staging area, and so teams are coming in here, many of the teams from out of state that are coming, and our own teams, and then we're directing them to the places we can get to that have the greatest need uh, as the floodwaters are, are coming through. You've identified several areas. What are those areas that you're in particular going to help out with the teams that are coming in? Right now, we have uh, teams that are either on the ground or on their way to seven different staging areas, and we're planning on activating at least two more today, maybe three more across eastern North Carolina. So Virginia Baptists are set up in Washington, North Carolina, with their big feeding units, and they're doing feeding and mud out and tear out. One of our big feeding units is set up at Temple Baptist in New Bern. And right now they're providing thousands of hot meals. They're also doing the mud outs and tear outs and organizing for that. Tennessee Baptist just got in last night. They're gonna be set up in Kinston at First Baptist Church. Kentucky Baptist got in last night also, and they're en route to Jacksonville, North Carolina. Another one of our big feeding units is in Wilmington at First Baptist Church Activity Center. And then another, a third of our units is in Lumberton. And the Wilmington and Lumberton are still trying to get food into them and, and some of the key volunteers that we need. But both of those big feeding units are in place right now. And we're glad we got them in before some of the worst of the floodwaters came. Yeah, I understand you've got, it sounds like you've already got so many volunteers on the ground. You have more teams coming from Missouri and Alabama today. Why do so many people want to help? You know, I think it's because God is a God of compassion. And people um, who have experienced and, and have his spirit within them have a, a desire. It's just they want to help. They want to make a difference. And I think the Holy Spirit compels them to want to do something. And um, and I, I think that's why Christians respond in such a great way after disasters. We're talking with Richard Brunson. He's a part of Baptist on a Mission, the association disaster relief that is happening right now in North Carolina. What fuels your desire to do what you do personally, Richard? I think... Uh, I think that's part of uh, the way God's made me, too. I think uh, God, you know, just something in me wants to do something and wants to help. And and uh, I think God's Spirit has, has given us an opportunity to, to have re God's provided resources and volunteers. And, you know, for me, it's, it's like, why aren't, you know, let's do something. Let's try to make a difference where we can with what we have to make a difference. Do you ever get overwhelmed by the need? Yes. You know, and I, I think it's real easy to get overwhelmed. But then, it, you know, it's it, to, to think about how uh, God takes little and can do so much. That's what I, I think is a real comfort. You know, when you think about, you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000 uh, with two fish and five loaves, God, God, 
gives us things that if we give back to him, he can multiply them and use them in great ways. And we just offer that up. This is God's work. This isn't our work. And we just want to be faithful and do what we can with what we have to glorify God. Richard Brunson from Baptist on a Mission in North Carolina. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing and glad for the time this morning. If you'd like to get involved with a disaster relief or if you need help yourself, just go to Storm Relief on our website at hisradio.com. Rob, Allison, and Jim. Well, I don't know about you, but I think if you live in Wilmington, this weekend was not a good time to have a beach wedding. Yeah, right. Mm. That's what I'm thinking because the weather was not real conducive for that. No. But that's what uh, Sierra and Brian were planning on. Of course, you know, you don't plan it uh, a couple days beforehand. They planned a little while ago. What's it, like five years to plan a wedding? <laughs> I don't know what it is. But uh, something guys don't understand. But it takes a while. So they didn't look at the hurricane map to see what was coming that weekend. So they had to postpone it. Isn't that sad? Oh. Yes, very sad. But Brian, he was willing to uh, go with it. I was more than willing to say I do in the hurricane. I was going to stand out here and say I do. Let's read our <laughs> vows. If I get blown away, at least I tried. And that is courage, huh? What a great guy. I she love that. She was tickled pink. Oh, it's my, it's my hero. But she wasn't willing to do it because, well, there's the hair, there's the wedding dress, and stuff like that. A guy, no big deal. Yeah. But, uh, but the funny thing is, Inside Edition was there, and they found the story out. And so they did kind of like a, um, almost like a fake wedding, I guess you can call it. With this ring. With this ring. I V wed. I V wed. Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> whenever we reschedule this thing. <laughs> whenever we reschedule this thing. You may kiss the bride. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cute? Uh, so they kind of like made light of it so they could just, you know, not be all depressed. Uh, and I don't know when they're scheduling another one. Maybe we can do it here. Let's do that. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Will there be enough room in the conference room for them to do their oh, they'll be vows? Fine. They'll be fine. We can do it in the parking lot. Can you be the efficient, Jim? I can. can. I can do it. You have that certificate you got online. Yep. I, I need the money. So let's do it. <laughs> this weekend. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Is anyone else overflow? Get it? Overflow. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm overflowing. Oh, man. A lot of things got canceled because of Hurricane Florence, including Colgate University's football game against Furman. So Colgate was supposed to fly down to Greenville from New York for the game. The school did something amazing. They actually, they gave up their hotel rooms because they didn't need those anymore. So more evacuees were able to stay in those hotel rooms. And then the university donated their meals that they had planned to hurricane evacuees. One of the meals that they always get is when after the game, they get back on their plane and they have Chick-fil-A delivered to their plane. Oh, really? Which I'm like, that's living the dream that's right there. The Bentley, they don't have Chick-fil-A where they're from. I don't know, yeah. but they get it for the ride home. I guess if they lose, it makes them feel better. If they win, it's a celebration, you know. <laughs> so they donated that Chick-fil-A to Hurricane Evacuees as well. Oh, nice. Good for them. Yeah, because, I mean, they know Chick-fil-A makes everything better. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow, they gave up Chick-fil-A. Filet, that's a sacrifice right there. It is. Should they have just had it delivered to New York? Is that what you're saying? 
No, no, I was, I'm very impressed with what they did. I'm just saying it makes the sacrifice even bigger. It does. Thank you. It does. I'm glad they did that. Instead of going, boy, what are we going to do with this? Let's just forget it. Mm-hmm. They went ahead and donated it all to those who needed it. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. It's inspiring to hear how people all over the country are sending help our way after Hurricane Florence. And we found out about this radio station in the Washington, D.C. area, kind of like the His Radio of D.C., you know? And they're holding a water drive right now. Johnny and Stacy Stone, they're on the air in the afternoons at WGTS, but they got up extra early to work on this water drive. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you. It's a joy to be doing this for you. You know, we're all God's kids, right? And uh, when uh, one of us is hurting, we got to pull together and help everybody uh, out that we can. So we have a water drive going on today. We have an 18-wheeler behind us. You can maybe hear the engine still running. Uh, But we're loading this 18-wheeler up with water. We're having our listeners come by. And uh, it's really cool. We had one guy come by with a pallet of water on the back of a big work truck. Uh, and then we have other people going inside the supermarket here. We're in the uh, parking lot of the supermarket. They go inside and they fill up a shopping cart with cases of water and push it out here. So it's really a lot of fun. Yeah, and you got more than just one pallet already this morning, and you just got started. Right, yeah. We're at four pallets right now, and that is a lot of water already. I mean, we were here at 6 a.m., and they were showing up just one car after another, and it's been happening all morning long because... They were looking for somebody to help. And And this is a tangible way. Yeah, exactly. And so they're bringing their kids before school. And so we have kids literally walking up with big old cases of water and putting them on the truck. They're teaching their kids about what it means to help somebody else. Uh, It's incredible. But the most important thing that I want to point out is that last week, when we were possibly facing Hurricane Florence, we were looking at each other and we were like, how can we help? And we were like, okay, let's collect water. And then I contacted Rob and I said, hey, we need some place to take this water or we can't collect it. (laughs) So Rob was right on it. Mary and his radio was right on it. And they helped us find Harvest Hope. And so today, this truck is leaving from here and going directly to South Carolina. And it will be handed out tomorrow. That's so amazing. I love it. And, you know, we're right in the thick of it watching all this coverage. But what's it like for you guys seeing of seeing what Hurricane Florence is doing? Well, in our neck of the woods right now, uh, we I mean, we have some of the after effect. A lot of clouds, rain. We're going to have a lot of heavy thunderstorms later this afternoon. In fact, right now is a little bit of a drizzle. So it didn't affect us all that much except for the rain. But Johnny and I survived Superstorm Sandy. And we remember what it was like where we did not have anywhere to go for water. We did not have anywhere to go for food except for a local church. And they were there helping us through those days without electricity and through those days with water. And so, hey, we want to give back. And that's whenever we see people that are struggling through a hurricane, our minds automatically flash back to that feeling. Hey, we we, were there. Yeah, we want families (laughs) to know that somebody is there for them and somebody's providing for them. There is hope. Yeah, there certainly is hope. And I love the fact you're already at four pallets. The goal is like 14, isn't it? No, oh, no, no, 24. Yeah, 24. 24 pallets. That's a yes. lot of water, It's buddy. a big truck. <laughs> <laughs> Whole semi-truck coming its way tonight. I'm so glad you guys are helping out the way you are. And how the community in, in Alexandria, Virginia, and D.C. said, we want to help. And they're already showing up this morning to do that. Yeah. They are. Actually, as far as Maryland, they are showing up. 
Stacy, Johnny from WGTS, thank you so much for what you are doing. Hey, take a look at the relief efforts. You'll see our time with Stacy and Johnny as well on the video replay, Apple TV, Roku, the My His Radio app, and at hisradio.com. They're impacting lives for us today. That's amazing. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Christine Meinhold faced a major dilemma last week as Florence made its way toward her home just outside Myrtle Beach. She didn't have a way to safely get out of her house with her seven dogs, which she happened to have rescued after Hurricane Matthew two years ago. And that's what she told a CNN anchor during an interview. I just want to make clear that I'm not doing this. I'm not hunkering down just to be stubborn. But, you know, it's the safest thing to do at this point for myself and my dogs because I just don't have the means to get out and... You know, where are you going to go with seven dogs when you don't have a dependable vehicle? Her car had 205,000 miles on it, and she feared that she would break down on the side of the road while she was trying to evacuate, which she thought would be worse than just staying home yeah. with her seven dogs. So after her story kind of got out there, 16 people from across the U.S. coordinated efforts on Facebook. They started chatting and they all pooled their money to help her evacuate with her dogs. And initially, they had planned to purchase her a 2009 Dodge Journey van uh, because of some donations that had come in. But that plan fell through. So then someone else was like, well, what if we rent her a U-Haul van? So that's what she ended up doing. She got a U-Haul van, got all the dogs in it. It was air conditioned and everything, so they were safe. Good. And now her uh, her and her dogs are in Tennessee with family. And they drove in a U-Haul to get there. Yes. <laughs> what a journey that must have been alone. So cool that people got together to help out, all because they saw a story on the news. I know. Yeah. And these dogs made it through another hurricane. I was in Tennessee. I should have seen them. Yeah, you could have helped out. Yeah, you could have walked them. Yeah. Picked up after them. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got such the servant's heart. Can uh-huh. you tell that, Jim Man? Rob, Allison, and Jim. Now, if you've ever dealt with senior citizens... Um, we do every day. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Uh, just, just one of them. Much older than me. <laughs> you know, you got to have a lot of time and a lot of patience just to get them from one point to another bless their little hearts like we my wife and i've been taking care of my parents for like the last two and a half years and just to go to the doctors is like a field trip in itself it just takes a while just to get them to the car and then my man they get out of the car so i can imagine how much um, was involved when they took seniors from summerby in mount pleasant south carolina they evacuated them to a place in georgia in Fairburn, georgia they put them up in hotels oh nice and so there was all these buses with the seniors and just get them on and off took forever and then you open up with a luggage thing and there's wheelchairs lined up and walkers and oxygen tanks uh, and then a u-haul truck followed them with all the medications that's a nightmare right there just trying to keep all the medications straight because you don't want to mess with that but it was almost uh, seamless uh, as much as this can be um, because they had done this before a couple years ago when there was a weather event. So they thought, hey, let's go back there again because they were so good to us. And Hazel, who works with the uh, retirement center, she was very pleased with this. We made a couple of phone calls, the chief of police, everybody pulled together, the churches, the bishops. I mean, if we said thank you a thousand times, it wouldn't even hit the surface to be enough to say thank you. 
It didn't sound like she was complaining, did it? No. That was great. I mean, that's a, quite the undertaking, and it went so well. And they're going to be there for a couple of days. And some area restaurants are providing food for them. And uh, even the local police sent a letter uh, saying, hey, if you need anything, you know, just let us know. We can provide shuttles and all kinds of stuff. I wonder why they went back. The whole town got involved I'm in going. helping these folks out. I'm going there this, this coming weekend. <laughs> See if I can get a letter. You're, like you're hopeful you'll get the same kind of reception? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think I will, you know, because I have gray hair. Oh, yeah, you'll fit right in. Ooh. Okay, <laughs> let's all go. You guys can push me in the chair. Okay, that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. We'll take turns. Okay. Can we get on the back and just run real quick oh, and man. then... You push me down a hill, won't you? Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Created from the ashes of 9-11, the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team shares Christ in the midst of crisis and disasters. They've responded to more than 216 crises across the globe, praying with more than 242,000 people. Josh Holland is the assistant director of the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. He joins us live from their Charlotte headquarters. Good morning, Josh. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, thank you for joining us. And we just want to hear how you guys are responding to Hurricane Florence. Well, uh, we have crisis trained chaplains that have been trained in offering spiritual and emotional care that are already en route and have already arrived in several locations in eastern North Carolina, um, which include Newburn, North Carolina, Wilmington and Jacksonville. Uh, we go out alongside of Samaritan's Purse. So while Samaritan's Purse sends teams and work crews out that are mudding out houses and um, more on the manual physical labor side of things, we send our chaplains just to talk to people, pray with people, share the hope of Christ with people who are likely going through one of the most traumatic events of their lives. So we are a chaplain-based ministry with over 2,500 volunteer chaplains across the United States. Hundreds have signed up to go into the uh, eastern parts of the Carolinas in the days to come. Just to offer the love of Christ. What are some of the stories that you've heard from some past disasters where these chaplains were there to help the need and who they prayed for? Well, it's amazing. You know, we go in after natural disasters and man-made disasters uh, that have affected entire communities. But as I've been out on different disasters, it's amazing. A lot of people have already been going through a personal crisis of some kind, whether that's a divorce or the death of a loved one or a physical affliction. And so it's just uh, it's amazing how everywhere we are. And for listeners listening, you don't have to be in the middle of a natural disaster to know someone who is hurting. And so uh, it's just uh, it's amazing how I've seen people come to Christ and, and quite likely the worst time of their life. It looks like your volunteers go through a lot of training. You have, uh, you know, sessions coming up. And why is that so important? Well, uh, you know, we want to be equipped to know what to say, how to say it. A lot of times, even in my own experience, as I've gone through tough times in my life, Christians meaning to help can uh, actually say something that can hinder or hurt instead of helping, uh, maybe just spewing out a Bible verse like Romans 8, 28, or, you know, all things work together for good. Well, that's true, but it may not be the time or the, the way to say it. So we want to make sure people are trained in how to listen well, uh, in what to say and in the method to say it. And so we do require our chaplains to go through extensive training about trauma, grief, just a basic understanding of what those things are. We're talking to Josh Holland, who's with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. Have chaplains going or on the ground already in New Bern, Jacksonville, and Willington. I, I'm, I'm very curious. 
Do you just go door to door, or is there kind of a strategy to all of this? Well, as Samaritan's Purse uh, goes out um, to people that have requested help at their homes, we send our chaplains to talk to those homeowners that have either lost their homes or had them severely damaged. And so, but it's amazing as we're in neighborhoods like that, you know, chaplains see people on the street in their yard gathering debris or whatnot. And it's just awesome how the Holy Spirit will lead chaplains just to strike up conversations and how many times that results in prayer or even someone giving their heart and life to Jesus. What would you say to someone listening right now who's feeling distraught after the storm or going through anything in life? Well, uh, God loves them. Um, We certainly are never promised in Scripture that life was going to be easy or that it would be problem-free. But even in the midst of the storm, God is there. And uh, in my own life, uh, I've experienced God's presence through the trials that I've walked through more than I ever have when things are going well. So just take heart. God will find you. God will meet you uh, in the middle of the storm. I know listeners might even be in those affected areas and you've lost significantly um, and had significant damage. But uh, he will never leave and never forsake. And we can look back and see that he is so faithful. Yeah, how true that is. Josh Holland from the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. The chaplains are on their way, are already there to help out in the need. If you need help, if you can even help out with the storm relief, I encourage you, go to our website, hisradio.com, and you'll see how you can hook up with Samaritan's Purse. And Josh, right there, hisradio.com. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. If you watched any of the news or the Weather Channel over the weekend and during the storm coverage, it was hard to miss our governors in North Carolina and South Carolina with their press conferences that were going on. They held many of those press conferences. But one thing that impressed a lot of people in South Carolina is when they asked God for help. Help us to be wise in our decisions. Help draw us closer to each other and strengthen our bonds within our communities and as a state through our care for one another. Help us to use this event as a rallying point for unity. Help keep us safe, O Lord. Help us to honor and praise you even in the midst of the storm. That was U.S. Army Chaplain Denny who was leading the prayer at that press conference that a lot of people saw and was very impressed that, well, we took time to pause and ask God for direction and help. And you know what? A lot of prayers were heard over the weekend because what could have been so much worse kind of lightened up a little bit. I know what happened along the coast, but man, and then there, there's still flash flood warnings and everything when it comes to eastern North Carolina, but everywhere else where we saw that that storm was going to crush, it didn't crush. Yeah, the winds undeniably died down, and a lot yeah. of people say that's an answer to prayer. Thankfully, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was out of, out of state uh, at the time, but I kept checking back home to see uh, what was going on, and I was very impressed that, oh, okay. My family's safe. Yeah. I didn't feel nice? bad leaving. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I put everything inside and took a trampoline down, all that other stuff. And I'm like, whew, where I am so far inland, I am just so grateful. But yet there's still many people impacted by this storm greatly, especially in North Carolina. We've been catching up with Convoy of Hope and Baptist on a Mission. We'll hear from Samaritan's Purse coming up in a little bit as well. If you'd like to help out or if you need help with storm relief, just go to our website, hisradio.com or our His Radio app, and you'll see the storm relief right there, hisradio.com. Rob, Allison, and Jim. 
Big shout out to all the paramedics and law enforcement, all of these unsung heroes, the emergency personnel that served so faithfully and still are during the storm and the storm relief. I was reading how hundreds of paramedics and ambulance operators and first responders flew into Atlanta before the hurricane started across the country to the aftermath zones. We're talking crews from, get this, as far as Las Vegas, Washington State, Mississippi, California, Colorado, just to mention a few, it's amazing. And even our heroes in the storm can even be a little anxious. You become very nervous because of the conditions that you're going into. You see people in need and, and I'm surrounded by people that wanna help. Yeah, so many people, they have been deployed, they are on their way, are already in the uh, aftermath zones that they have circled out throughout North Carolina and parts of South Carolina. These are like the unsung heroes that are working so hard to save these people that still need to get out of some of these dangerous flood zones. Yeah, that's amazing that just, I, I can't get over the fact that so many people are coming here from all over the country, interrupting their own lives just to help. Yeah, sacrificially and selflessly. That is quite amazing. Yeah, disasters bring out the best of people. We don't like the disasters, but afterwards, all the stories that come out. And it takes a disaster for the goodness to come out, sadly. Except for me, I'm always, you know, something. <laughs> you always have goodness coming out? Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what it is. Yeah, it <laughs> oozes out of you. Yeah, I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Yeah, speaking of Wilmington, pretty much all roads leading in and out of Wilmington are now closed. Convoy of Hope is one of the only relief organizations in the area at this time. Jeff Nini is their national spokesperson. He's on the ground at a church in Wilmington right now. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you today? Good, but more importantly, how are you? And how's everything going with the setup there? Uh, it's going good now for uh, when we got here Saturday, we got here kind of late in the day and I mean, it was just torrential rain. So we, we set up just the bare minimum that we had to, uh, that evening. And then yesterday spent the day getting the site ready, getting product unloaded, product out into the field, different things like that. So it's getting better. I love that you have been helping the National Guard and first responders, feeding them, make sure they have the fuel they need to go out and help others. But what's the next phase of your plan here? The next phase for us is to get product into the neighborhoods, into the hands of people that need it, and use the local church to do that. Uh, we're here at Port City Community Church. They've been an incredible host. And we're going, we're taking church volunteers today and we're going out into the neighborhoods. So they'll come in here with their pickup trucks and their SUVs with a trailer behind it or their vans. And we will load them up with as much product as we can, put probably two people or three people per vehicle. And then we've kind of organized the neighborhoods that we can get vehicles out into those neighborhoods providing product. We're talking to Jeff Nini from Convoy of Hope. You were driving in, of course, to set up the command center. What did you experience? What did you see as you were driving in to get ready to help the need? It was a pretty wicked trip. I got to tell you, when we were coming down 74, uh, it was just, we would go through bands. That's when the bands from Florence were coming through. And, I mean, the wind would be blowing the trucks around from side to side. And we had a convoy of about 12 vehicles at that point in time, plus a couple of passenger cars. And it was just, it was blowing around. We went through 
areas where we had maybe six inches of water on the road, uh, areas where the other side of the highway, the westbound side was closed, eastbound side was still open. Now uh, both sides are closed in certain spots. Jeff Nini from Convoy of Hope. Thank you so much for the time this morning. I know you guys are slammed busy taking care of the need, so we're going to make sure that you can get to what you're doing to help the need. If you want to help out Convoy of Hope, so easy to do that. Look for Storm Relief on our website at hisradio.com. Mornings with Rob, Allison, and Jim. Pamela and Anthony of North Charleston, they had a wedding uh, was scheduled in a park, but all the parks were closed. So what do you do if you can't have your wedding at a park? Obvious answer is you have it at a gas station, right? Okay. Yeah. So at Sunoco, which that's actually where Pamela worked, she asked her boss, hey, is it okay if we do our wedding here at Sunoco? Hmm. Pump three? I don't know what pump they were at or anything. but And, uh, well, the boss was a little uh, dumbfounded. He says, are you serious? Never had a um, wedding at Sunoco before. Well, there's always a time for a first. Isn't that cute? So they had a wedding uh, at the place to guest up and, and left. <laughs> <laughs> honeymoon was at Walmart. <laughs> Very nice. No, okay, the honeymoon. In the parking lot. <laughs> in the they're, RV. They're going to go camping for the honeymoon. I'm, I'm assuming they're waiting for the weather to clear up. But uh, happy couple. They just didn't want to wait. So you just go to a gas station and... Uh, Get it done. And where she worked, I wonder if that's where they met. Mm, good thinking, Rob. She served him. <laughs> it's right. Yeah. That's a beautiful, that's so romantic. I didn't even think about that, Rob. That's amazing. And free refills on drinks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got all these snacks. Perfect was, reception. Mm-hmm. It was great. They were it was, happy. It was a gas. Oh, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> She'll be here all week. More than just pretty voices. I'm so inspired by the Forsyth Convention and Visitors Bureau. They started this tradition during Hurricane Matthew and Irma and then continued it with Florence. So what they do is they packed more than 1,000 bags to give to hurricane evacuees who showed up at hotels and shelters. We do feel like they're our neighbors, whether they're from from uh, across town or whether they're two or three states away. We want them to feel like they're our neighbors and feel welcome while they're here. That's the mayor. Isn't he so kind? I <laughs> uh, just want everyone to feel welcome. You know, the bags, it's nothing like earth shattering in them. It's snacks, water, brochures of the town, lists of places that they can eat or shop, and then also a little personal letter from the mayor. And I cannot forget that it also includes cookies. That's good. Mm, yes. I feel welcome already. <laughs> It's just the simple things that make the biggest difference in lives like that. I mean, they're all displaced, and just to get a bag with cookies and some things in it like that, uh, it's huge. Yeah, it's a warm welcome. Did they send us any cookies? Since we didn't evacuate, probably not. We're okay, Jim. Allison made cookies, but she ate them all. I evacuated (laughs) to Tennessee, Mm -hmm. so I should get cookies. Wasn't there a cookie at the hotel? I didn't stay at a hotel. Okay. <laughs> so there Sorry, no Jim, there's no cookies for you. <laughs> You're on your own, buddy.